Hello, everyone, and welcome back to 2020 Psych. I'm one of your hosts, Claire Kay, and I'm joined today by my father. I'll go ahead and let him introduce himself. My name is Dr. Hernandez. I'm an American double board certified psychiatrist. Thank you guys so much for listening to our last episode about natural disasters and ways to cope. Uh, This week, we want to talk about cyberbullying and living in a chronically online world these days. What effect does that have on kids growing up in this day and age, as opposed to some of us who grew up know a time without the internet and without TikTok? Um, what's happening to the kids? What ty- How common is cyberbullying? Um, how can kids escape cyberbullying? Um, things of that nature. So I want to hand it off to my, I want to ask my dad, just what he's read and from a psychiatrist point of view, how often are you dealing with cases of kids who are being bullied online? When we take a look at the numbers of people, first and foremost, that are online, almost more than half of the world population is on has access to the Internet. So that, that's about 55% of the of the global population. Kids in the United Kingdom, 99% have access to the internet via tablets, cell phones, or the devices. In the United States, it's like 95% of the kids have access to this. So the sheer number of people that are online is just tremendously huge. So while the internet has a lot of advantages, it also has a, a lot of disadvantages, and we're going to talk about. This is what we're going to focus on in today's talk. So, how uh, common is it for? I guess the extreme side of this would be kids that are getting chronically bullied online that end up with depression or having suicidal thoughts. How common is that statistic? Well, the numbers range. From 10 to 40 percent of kids are getting bullied online, so that's a, a huge uh, number of kids that are are victims. So that's just the, the great amount of kids that are being victims are. Uh, it's a staggering uh, number, and this happens worldwide. Uh, it's not restricted to the United States or Europe, it's in Asia, and and so it's very common. Let's start off with that. The kids that are bullied do suffer from increased rates of depression, anxiety, some substance abuse, and most importantly, from an increased rate in suicide. And what are some ways to tell that your kid's being bullied if it's, you know, going on on their phone screen or their tablet as opposed to in school, pretty easy to spot the kids that are being bullied, um, I, I, I would assume. Um, so how do you, as a parent, spot what are those flags of something's not right with my kid online? Well, as parents, we need to be vigilant of our children's behavior. If there's a change in behavior, things like eating patterns, sleeping patterns, where the kids are withdrawing where they're sullen, uh, where they're not interacting with other peers, where 
uh, they start saying they don't want to go to school, uh, those are the sort of the, 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 the warning signs that something's wrong. And so you have to be particularly mindful for any changes in the way they normally behave. And what about those parents who maybe have kids that are the bullies? How do you know if your kid's a bully or not? I'm surely like people don't go out of their way to raise a bully. Um, what what would you say? Well, kids that are the perpetrators of cyberbullying also have some characteristics that are actually very similar to the victims, where they're also easily upset, depressed, and anxious, and sort of isolative at times as well. So there, there are some changes that you can spot on the perpetrators of cyberbullying as well. I know recently, we, I think we were actually talking about this, uh, something about like a proposed time limit for people under 18 to be on TikTok. Do you think more of that's going to be necessary or do you think that's necessary at all that would help bull- cyberbullying or do you think that really would solve anything in terms of bullying? Well, it's it's one thing for social media to try to put some sort of controls on the number of time that an individual can spend on on their platform. However, it may be more prudent for parents to be more vigilant of the time their child spends on a, on a device because you don't know if you're not watching your children if you neglect to try to supervise the sites that they're visiting and the interactions that they're having it's really uh, I would say once again neglectful on the uh, that would be parental neglect that you need to be able to watch what your kids are doing and supervise them and limit their their sites. So that's something to consider. What would you say is how how would schools be able to get involved? in cyberbullying because I remember like in high school when I was in high school for example Snapchat had just really come out and a lot there was drama on that app of like oh so and so sending pictures of so and so and the school kind of got involved but it was that was something that was still so new and I don't think anyone really knew how much regulation should go into that. Do you think schools should be regulating social media use and their students? Well, I I would think that schools, the counselors, should be monitoring the students' behavior. That's what they need to be checking in on. Because if they notice that a kid's not going to school, that he's withdrawing, that he's not interacting, that he's not participating... That his, that his grades are falling, you need to investigate and to see why there's been a change. I think it's those are the early warning signs that that interventions need to start taking place. How often than not is it that some, a kid's getting cyberbullied online and then let's say their parents have no idea and then 
something really traumatic happens to the kid either i mean we can fill in the blank with you know like they either attempt suicide or they act out at school what are how often or not is that the case well suicide is the second leading cause of death in, in teenagers so it's important for that reason to investigate to inquire to check in on kids that are you may suspect are being victims of this because again the the consequences can be lethal so it, it's something that you just don't want to brush aside as oh it's just something that they're going through no you need to inquire and see what's the underlying cause of a change in behavior where they're despondent they're withdrawn uh they're not being themselves anymore they stop acting or participate in different clubs that they may have been on. Uh, so uh, again, isolation is, is another uh, sign that you need to look for and you need to f sort of follow up with this because again, it, it can be very uh, catastrophic. Do you think there is like a health, do you think there needs to be more of a healthy mix that is enforced either by parents or schools or I don't know because I just remember like growing up on TV Nickelodeon always used to have like national go outside day or go out and play day and they wouldn't run any shows the entire day when you would flip to the Nickelodeon channel there would just be a screen that said it's national go outside day or some I'm forgetting the name of it but I just remember growing up that was a thing and they'd be like sad and be like oh man like I can't watch Spongebob today or, but then it kind of would work because I would then like go outside. I would do something else other than watch TV. Do you think there needs to be something like that? Promoting healthy habits or activities is always a good idea. Being uh, stuck on a device is something that all too many of us are sort of, um, uh, you can say that we're guilty of that. But we need to promote healthier, physically more active activities uh, that get us outside, that get us interacting, maybe face-to-face -face with uh, our friends and peers or acquaintances. So whatever we can do to sort of diminish the need to occupy our, our time looking at a device, a screen, it's got to be better. I'm just thinking about like um, how I feel like a lot of people are chronically online now, like even, you know, 20 somethings, 30 somethings people, you know, if you have a smartphone, you have access to the, all these apps and all that stuff. So I think it's hard for adults to tell teenagers and, you know, preteens like, oh, don't be on your tablet when they see their elders on their phones all the time and see their online presence and making videos and Instagram posts and that sort of thing. And I'm not saying that that's like you at all. You're far from that. Like <laughs> you barely use your phone. I'm saying like people that older, young adults, it's hard for them to preach. Don't be on your phone when it's, I, I would be really interested to know like the average screen time of the, 
your typical 26, 20 something year old, you know, like it's hard to say, don't be on your phone to a kid when whoever's telling them that is also on their phone. In addition to what you just said, kids as early as, or toddlers as early as three will start on a phone. And sometimes when you, you know, you go out, you see people in public where they're letting their babies use their phone just to sort of distract them or entertain them. So it's something that you're right. How, as a parent, are you going to tell your kid not to look at their phone so much when they can't take their eyes off their phone? So their own phone. So it's, that's something that we, as a parent, you have to check yourself with. If you're, if you're committed to being a parent and you're too busy not paying attention to, you know, your, your children, your, your, your kids, then that's not, your kids are going to probably going to run into troubles because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And that's being a parent to them. So yeah, that's a good question that you're posing. Cause I know that we're all sort of hooked on these devices to a certain extent. Some of us have to do it because of work, others because they, you know, want entertainment or socializing and so forth. But it's something that as a, as a society, we really have to check because our kids are being victims of, uh, of being bullied online and uh, they're suffering from this. And it's a big issue because the numbers are huge and the consequences are, are can be lethal. And I think when, you know, when you get into online bullying, it's kind of a vicious cycle because it's so easy to do. And it feels really like it's instant. You can instantly send a message on, you know, someone's phone or whatever, social media, TikTok or Instagram, whatever they have. And as the bully, you don't see how the other person feels on the other side of that. Because I think if you, it's different when you bully someone in person or you interact with someone in person, right? You see the immediate pain or embarrassment that the other person feels. And then that should make the bully feel some type of way. But if you are bullying someone and you're just sending these mean messages online, you're not seeing their reaction. And so it just becomes like a numbers game almost of like, well, how much can I bother them? Well, how much can I say? What can I say? Um, So yeah, the phones are like, really taking out that core thing of like the human interaction. And the other dynamic is before pre-internet days, the bullying would stop as soon as you left school, right? But now it follows you home because, you know, it's in your phone or your tablet or wherever. So it's, it's more continuous and it's more, there's more of a presence. So again, it's it's an ugly situation that kids shouldn't have to be going through. Yeah, I think like even, you know, everyone has a camera these days. And if you're at school and someone records you doing something embarrassing or that thing, then they post it online, then then it's online forever. And you have to like see everyone laughing on it online and it could be a lot. So I think it's just very interesting times. I don't know what the right answer is other than everyone collectively should get off their phone, be off their phones more and be in the present more. Um, but yeah, I, I would hope that parents can be more intentional about their kids being online and what they're consuming online. 
um, because it, the internet's a very dark, scary place, and if kids aren't watched, they can get themselves into a lot of trouble. And with that, I want to thank everyone for listening to this week's episode, and I hope you have a great week wherever you are.